It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Rams Nation, welcome back. This is your host, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is a Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams, and I just mentioned Rams Podcast. Well, I got my man, the myth, the legend from Rams Podcast, James Kroger with me. James, welcome back, bud. How you doing? My original co-host still kicking around and with me, so I appreciate that. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Bear. Thanks for having me on once again. I love being here, and we got some news to talk about, and I'm excited to do so. Yeah, you know, it's been a while since we got to kick it around here on the podcast and go back and forth, so obviously plenty of action and, and things happening. Things cracked off a little bit today with some news. We have the signing of Dominic Easley. They've been in uh, contract negotiations. They finally got it done. It's a one-year deal. James, do you know anything else? Did, did the details come out of that, or what do you got? Yeah, so basically uh, he the hit for the Rams would be $850,000, must be nice, uh, which is his $705,000 base plus his $145,000 roster bonus before the season starts. Uh, everybody gets one of those. Um, so the previous amount, the other $2 million is incentives classified as not likely to be earned because he missed all of last year. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, again, he did suffer a torn ACL in training camp last year, forcing him to force a team to put him on shelf before the whole season began, the most exciting season uh, for the Rams in a long time. That was actually his third torn ACL, uh, which dates back to his days in college, Bears. So uh, three times. I know Todd Gurley's got two under his belt. That's That must be rough to go through. Yeah, and, oh, man, it's just so curious about how you can rebound. Obviously, the year before that, before he signed the one-year $1.8 million uh, deal before the 2017 season, he had a great year. You know, he had, uh, I think, three and a half sacks. He had a good mm-hmm. amount of tackles, uh, pass deflect. He was kind of all over the place and really turned it on and was what we thought was going to be a big part of that D-line um, for this past season, but obviously the injury. So I'm excited to see one you know, how he can come back. He's been recovering. It's not one of these um, ACLs like Carson Wentz where he suffered it late in the season or Richard Sherman Mm -hmm. where he injured his Achilles late in the season. He's been, you know, he's had a full year rehab, hopefully being able to get strong and kind of curious to see what it's going to be like for him. And is is he going to end up going down, you know, that Derrick Rose path of just always being injured or is it kind of you know, he's going to come out and hopefully get a couple years in a row where, you know, he can stay healthy. Yeah, and I think he will. I mean, he just turned 26 in February. So uh, fifth season in the league, he's actually only played in 38 games and started three three of those. Um, And yeah, just you mentioned 2016. That was the only year he played uh, the full full slate. So yeah, it's, you know, he's still young, uh, but he's got a little bit of experience in the NFL and he's got still got plenty of time to to see what he can do. Well, it's crazy. You say how young he is there and the rest of his body and, and the amount of games that he's played should be relatively healthy and and young and's got some energy left in it so uh curious to kind of see how that transitions and and how we fit him in to that d line obviously we got brockers and uh aaron donald and then you know kind of transitioning this point is there's a lot of news going around that kind of broke uh late last night and early this morning about um adamican sue making a visit out here to the rams as a Mm -hmm. possible suitor of you know coming off the free agent market so 
kind of curious on your thoughts about what you think of Sue and how you think that visit can go. It sounds like he's visited a couple other teams. I think it was the Titans and the Saints so far. I think he went up to Seattle. He hasn't talked money with anybody. He wants to learn more about the team and the environment and what they expect to, you know, on defense. But uh, what do you think the Rams can pitch him, and what are your thoughts on, on Sue joining the Rams? So for the what the Rams can pitch him, you know, right now about twenty five million in cap space to work with, um, excluding the massive extension that uh, our boy AD is about to get. So uh, we got to keep that in mind. But you know, some of the teams you talked about, besides the Saints, it's like you know you look at the Seahawks versus the Rams, who is going to more likely to have a winning season. Combined with all the moves that we've done so far, it's funny. I saw Johnny Hecker on Twitter said, uh, you know, he tagged him and said, "Hey, please come and play for our team." Love the punter. I also saw that. Marcus Peters put something up on social media as well, kind of hinting towards him, you know, really setting the uh, stamp of approval with uh, dominance on this Rams defense with the potential with Donald and Brockers and uh, Tlaib and Peters now and LaMarcus Joyner. So it would be just a nightmare for for quarterbacks. Just to give you guys some information, he was the fifth best interior defender in the NFL last season, according to Pro Football Focus, who we referenced both on Rams podcast and on Lockdown Rams Plenty earning a grade of 91.0, the second best of his career. Uh, since 2012, he hasn't had a grade below 86.1, proving uh, to be one of the most consistent defensive linemen in football. So how exciting does that sound? Yeah, I mean, just hearing the lineup, um, I saw someone else kind of tweet out. I, I may have even been from Rams Wire saying, you know, kind of adding all the additions of Peters and Tlaib and um, you know, then Donald and Sue up front, and he was like, basically, you could put me and some random guy from Section 12 into <laughs> linebacker and have a top-five defense. So, obviously, we still yeah. got a lot of needs to fill on that defense as far as linebacker, and, you know, it's another guy that can rush the quarterback, and um, really that interior linebacker that can stop, and maybe even that nose tackle. And, and that's the talk, is where do you put Sue, right? You know, he, he kind of fits that Aaron Donald mold of, you know, you want him to get to the quarterback. He's been kind of known more for his pass rush ability. Uh, he's gotten better in the past few years of stopping the run, and I think he still has you know um, a great ability to do that as well. Um, but do you put him on the corner? Do you put him, move him into nose tackle sometimes? And I think I, th- yeah. I think he'll end up on the edge on the on opposite of, of Donald. But there's lots of questions on how he'll fit in, and, and will he be willing to take a little bit less money? Because I think you know teams like the Titans or the Saints are going to be able to kick him some more dollars but does he want to come in and fit you know basically walk in the room and say hey here's the players we got on our team I'm going to leave you in the room with that and we'll be back and and we can sign that contract when you realize this is the most right you know no-brainer decision and as far as where he fits it's funny he's you know he's been playing a 4-3 in the past few years and now he's probably going to be moving to a 3-4 which is different but um it's i was just looking at some uh, articles that people had posted about how he's been utilized in multiple positions over the past couple of years he has been used as that one that uh, no tackle in on the on the edge as well so you know this team is like an, an adjusting amoeba and you know we're going to find a place for somebody like that and i think the the second biggest answer to to that question in general is you know, do you want to be coached by by Wade Phillips? Yeah, and can you just you know talk more about amoebas? You know, why not? <laughs> anytime that you can get an amoeba reference in a Rams lockdown Rams or Rams podcast, you got to feel pretty good about where you're going right now. So dynamite drop. That's my there. word of the day. Word of the day. Uh, cross it off the list. You made it in. Rip off the dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. You know, I mean, the, the, and that's what's been so great about the players that Wade Phillips has brought in on this defense. Is you're right. They can adjust and move all across the defense, and we've got 
linebackers that can cover and we've got you know safeties that can play corner and vice versa and, and a lot of guys that fill in if need be whether injury or or um, you know just kind of rotating players in different packages but um, I kind of want to ask you really quick because you know the Rams now if if this Sioux addition happens and we're still you know maybe ways away and who knows maybe they have this great conversation and the goal is don't let them leave LA without signing a contract right because you let a guy leave and let him take on offers, and, and he forgets how great that meeting was. Um, I don't know if that's how it'll go tomorrow, but if it does, looking at the personality traits that we've brought in, and there was talks about Peters and Tlaib in his career, and, and then, you know, obviously Sue's had his fair run-in with the NFL and, you know, stepping on quarterbacks and, you know, hitting people in the throat and ripping at helmets and, and whatnot. And so on the field, not so much off the field issues, but on the field – uh, he's kind of been known as one of the dirtiest players. Is that is that kind of you know raise any red flags for you bringing in now a third guy that may have some off the field, or do you think that just with Wade Phillips and Sean McVay and what they've built here that they're they're capable of bringing in anybody and making it work? Exactly. I think they're at this point they're capable of bringing in anybody. And Sue, he's not that young. He's he's been in the league for a little bit, so um, you know I think he's matured. And we have a few guys that are coming into this team. You know, knowing that we're not dinking around over here. We're not here to cause trouble. We we have very much potential to get to Super Bowl territory. And you know, a lot of these guys I think coming in see the maturity with somebody like Wade Phillips handling the defense and they know what Sean McVay's all about. He know they know he's an offensive superpower genius and he they know that he's not dinking around with anything and how strict he's gonna be. Even though he's super young, they're gonna have to, you know, not have that sort of attitude coming to this team. So I don't believe not buying it at all. I think you know this. This is still going to have great uh, synergy uh, with everybody, and um, yeah, not not too concerned about. It. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect eight and zero in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Got it. So James is selling on the drama. It's no drama. 
Well, I hope that's right, and I hope uh, I hope it's an opportunity that we can look into or at least be contested for, because obviously he's not going to come out here and visit unless he's at least thinking in there. But there's, like I mentioned, three other teams. Uh, Seahawks need to replace Richardson that they let walk earlier. Uh, couldn't get a contract done, so they've got a hole there that they have on the defensive line. Saints have a you know Drew Brees as their selling point and going to the playoffs. Titans, a very young team, they've added a couple players on that defense. Uh, as well as that offense, and they made a playoff run last year with that, so adding to the strength there. Uh, it really depends on if L.A. is something he's interested in and, and is he okay not being the guy because if you're coming to join Aaron Donald on this front line, you're, you're kind of a one-two combo, but Aaron Donald's the dude out here. So I'm wondering how that plays into it. Does he want to go be the guy, or is he okay kind of joining in that we, not me? We'll find out when, it, when a contract gets done or if one gets done. I think that would be your answer there. But I'm kind of with you. If he's signing, he knows what he's getting into because obviously when they're having those talks, they're pitching about, one, what their defense is and how he could fit in and what they see him being a part of this team. But also it's, I don't want to say a counter interview, but they're also saying, listen, if you're going to come, this is how we do things around here. So um, I right. think that will be laid out. Absolutely. And, you know, he – he has been that guy. I think he he didn't have a pretty uh, huge contract, you know, a few years ago, and he he's been kind of that top guy on the defensive team. And I think he knows now that you know AD is on the king of that hill when it comes to LA. So I think he's going to have to sacrifice, you know, the some of the money situations or or being that guy uh, in order to to be on this team. Well, speaking of sacrifice and sacrificing money to be on the team. Uh, Tavon Austin and, and, and that whole restructure, we haven't really talked since that went down. Um, I know we've been kicking around this whole Tay Austin stuff, and we were basically like, if you can't get him signed for $5, see you later, get off the team, save whatever we can, move forward and find a guy that can run a route, right? You know, he's, right. he's very good on this, oh, he's good for the trick reversal or the, the scheme, you know, bubble screen back in the Jeff Fisher days, or, you know, we used him in the punt return for a while, but then he kind of you know, muffed his way out of that one. Um, thoughts on Tay Austin sticking around and any more details yet on that contract and what they're doing there? Yeah, so the reason they're able to work this contract out is essentially that he they're moving, and this is the genius of Les Snead right now, he's moving $2 million of that money into in-game active incentives and $1 million in combined rush slash receiving yards from 400 to 700 yards. It doesn't say specifically how many games or snaps he has to play in order to, to get that $2 million in game day incentives. Um, so... I think we're still waiting on the more specifics of it, but you know that's basically why they're able to to uh, make that eight million, you know, sort of disappear into into five. So basically, if we cut them, we would have saved three million, but they found a way to restructure it, put in incentives, still save right. the three million, but keep a guy who everyone still, although has doubts, still has this. Well, he can still maybe do this as a as a decoy, or occasionally we can give it to him on an end around or. Um, you know, maybe we can work him back into special teams somehow, or we can just let him and McVeigh work together a little bit more. We we talked about Sammy needing more time. Maybe you know, get some more time in a full off season with Tavon Austin and Sean McVeigh. Mm -hmm. You know, we can get better at running routes, and he can find somewhere in the slot as we kind of maybe move some of our wide receivers around to fill that Sammy Watkins role. We're gonna need. Um, to fill those snaps. So, you know, I saw Alden Gonzalez put up an article about, you know, we've got close to 800 offensive snaps to replace with Sammy Watkins gone. So 
obviously, mm. you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, uh, Reynolds and uh, Mike Thomas and, and, you know, maybe there's Tavon getting in there and getting some more snaps. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. And, and uh, it's like kills me because I was so ready just to be done with them and not have to deal with it and not have to. I think a lot of people were. And, but at the same time, you're kind of like, all right, uh, you know, I'm believing in the process and I, I got to support what we're doing. And, you know, they've got an idea of, of where they're going with this. And uh, hopefully we can just see some production. And, and hopefully he's now incentivized, like you talked about many of times where uh, you've referenced a couple stories where uh, it was on, I don't know, was it Hard Knocks, uh, where he kind of showed, or it was just maybe even uh, some, some press from last year where he had showed Sammy Watkins his... Uh, his paycheck, and he was like, "Yeah, you know. it was the uh, the local news show. The, the I forgot the name of the Rams local news show, but I was watching tons of content. Yeah, I, I saw that, and uh, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, he showed his paycheck, so now he's got to go out, and that huge paycheck isn't really guaranteed to be that big. He's got to go out and you know increase it in his own value. So maybe that puts a little fire under under his ass, and he gets out there and starts uh, running some routes." Yeah, exactly. Like you, I think you tweeted it. This is a show me, don't tell me contract. You know, basically prove yourself because, and this is the genius of Snead. I mean, this is amazing to kind of satisfy everybody here. Tavon's still getting paid. Um, and he's, he just, he, now he, he's got to prove himself to get that extra money. And then hopefully after that, well, uh, if he does, you know, he'll, it'll justify keeping him around a little bit longer. But, and then one of the, like you mentioned, trust in McVeigh, we not me. You know, McVeigh sees something in him, that, and he sees a way that we'll be able to utilize him. He knows that Sammy left. He knows what he's dealing with and seeing this evolution of how his offense is going to look going into this next season. But he sees a position for him, and I know if he they have this deal going on, he's going to make something for him. Yeah, and, you know, as we're talking money and saving money and, and wide receiver position, I don't know if this got a lot of pub and a lot of press kind of thrown around. For those that you don't know, I actually just had a trip to Chicago, so I was doing a bunch of things with family, and my cousin actually sent this to me, but I didn't see it so much on, on Twitter feed around Rams Nation, but one of our favorite players, Robert Woods, was in line for a $200,000 bonus for reaching 800 receiving yards. So when we mm. came to week 17 and they sat everybody, Robert Woods included, he ended up finishing with 781 yards. So he was, what, just 19 yards short of getting a $200,000 bonus? Uh, oh, man. So what the Rams did in classy fashion and Les Snead doing what Les Snead does, um, they renegotiated his roster bonus and added $200,019. The extra $19 was to represent those 19 yards he needed to reach that bonus. Um, this was Sweet. reported by Field Yates. But I thought that was really awesome that the Rams stepped up and saw, hey, this dude was one of the key points of why we got to, you know, owning the NFC West, getting to a home playoff game, really, you know, making some huge plays throughout the season and, and giving Jared Goff that consistent target. And they put that bonus there. And if he plays, I mean, obviously we know he goes and gets 19 yards if he plays in week 17, but they wanted to rest him for the playoffs. It's something that, you know, obviously was of heavy debate. But I love seeing that Lesney went back and renegotiated and said, you know what, we're going to give you that 200000 We're going to throw on just that little extra 19 just to kind of to you know, to kind of sit there and have that be the the piece of the puzzle. But uh, I thought that was really cool. We're talking money. We're talking receivers. I didn't hear much about it, so I wanted to share it with Locked On. I thought that was an awesome story. 
So speaking of awesome stories and probably part of the reason that Woods was able to get uh, or be competing for that bonus was Jared Goff. I saw an interesting stat today, uh, you know, also mentioning how we were going to be able to utilize Tavon Austin in the next, next, this next season. Do you think we could probably use him a lot more in play action? Because I saw a stat today from Pro Football Focus that said Goff led by almost 200 yards Uh on passing yards using play action, he led the whole NFL right behind him with Brady with 1,270 yards, but Goff had uh, 1,446 yards. Uh, Keenan was on the list too with 1,200, and then we had Wilson and Stafford. So have your boy utilizing those receivers. Uh, you know, maybe next season we'll we'll be we'll be having Tavon in that play action a little bit more since he's, yeah, I mean, he's well, the best. In the- big tip of the cap to Todd Gurley, and obviously that threat, that yep. MVP caliber season that he put together because they were so concerned about, you know, Todd Gurley running the ball that it would kind of, you know, have some people bite. He sell, he sells the play action well, and then he gets rid of the ball. He's been making decisions and getting it downfield. And, you know, we talk about Robert Woods. That that huge deep bomb to Robert Woods was off of play action from, from Goff's own end zone all the way down the field. So great combination. Love seeing him up there, and hopefully we can keep that going into the next year. Well, James, lots to still talk about as this draft comes closer and closer and we start to hopefully maybe add more pieces like Adamic and Sue to the D-line and we'll start to really shift the focus of draft. we got some more draft talk coming up. Uh, we've got Austin Hall, who's our draft expert here for Locked On Rams. If you guys haven't checked out, make sure to head over to the website, LockedOnRams.com. Check out some of the content that we're putting up. And then make sure to give us a follow at LA underscore Rambling Bear for myself, Locked On Rams, as well as Rams Podcast and at J Kroger 3, K R O E G E R for my main man. And uh, give him a follow, reach out to us. We're going to kind of get back to the Rams Podcast as well and creating more content. So lots of stuff to listen to. We'll be doing this uh, three to four to five days a week. Uh, it's going to be a little tricky this week. We're trying to put together a whole week of shows for you. I'm taking off to San Francisco. Guys, I'll leave plenty of uh, Ram stickers around the city while I'm up there. Uh, but I'm gonna, I got a work trip, so we're going to try to see if we can get you guys a couple shows in the meantime. And uh, we'll get some good content. We'll talk about some more stuff. Feel free to reach out to me, like I said, at, at Gmail. It's LockdownRams at gmail.com. Send over questions, comments, concerns, and we will talk about it on the show. And we'll continue to get awesome guests uh, on the show as well. It's something we're going to kind of make, make a focus to. So appreciate you guys listening. But you know what time it is. Till next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.